Hey, Hoop Nerds. Season 2 is coming October 4th. Make sure you share with a friend or subscribe today so you're notified when the latest episode is released. Here's a sneak preview for you. In our program, The Extraordinary isn't doing something heroic. It's doing the ordinary things every single day and stacking those days up for hundreds and thousands of days consecutively. Stay tuned for more great interviews in Season 2. Also, we'll be recording live at the Wisconsin Basketball Coaches Association Clinic at Just the Game Fieldhouse in Wisconsin Dells on October 6th and 7th. Please stop by and say hello. We look forward to seeing you there and sharing more great interviews in Season 2. And I think as, I, as I've grown and as basketball has evolved, I'd rather have some tricky players than tricky plays at this point. Welcome to Hoop Nerds with Billy Kegler, presented by the Wisconsin Basketball Coaches Association. We talk to coaches, athletes, and more to learn from their stories and apply learning lessons to improve each individual and stimulate growth for your program, team, staff, and self. Follow along as we explore success and failure in route to improving the game of basketball. Before we jump in today, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to my friends at Dr. Dish Basketball. I've been associated with their products for a few years now, and I'm really impressed by their innovative and user-friendly shooting machines. They also are great people with tremendous customer service. It's no wonder why they have become the preferred choice among top programs around the country and world. I'm very grateful for their support of the show. Make sure to check them out at drdishbasketball.com and at drdishbball on social media. Be sure to mention WBCA when ordering your next Dr. Dish to save an extra $300 off any commercial purchase. Coach Lundy, welcome to the Hoop Nerds. Thank you, Bill. How's it going? It's going great. I'm excited to talk to you. I'm excited to hear your plan for Milwaukee Panther basketball. But let's hit the rewind button and let's go back. Tell me about the first time you coached something, anything, and a memory that sticks with you from it. Boy, uh, that's a great question. Uh, well, I I would think that right out of college, I was uh, I was uh, um, a GA, but then I was a, a Division two assistant at uh, at Queens, actually, where I came from this time, and uh, we had a JV program. And uh, one of my first memories is we took the JV program up to Oak Hill. Uh, I don't know if you know Oak Hill, but um, you know I think they they had won like 300 straight games at home or something crazy like that. And uh, but uh, I you know at that point I thought I'm going to take the JV team up and I'm going to we're going to beat them and uh, break their streak. And you know I had it all figured out. And I think we we got beat something like uh, 45. <laughs> that's one of my first memories as a coach you know you never remember the wins you just remember the the uh the beatings that you take right so that that was one of my first memories but well, uh the, those guys are still good friends to this day so well it's interesting because as coaches especially when we take over as a head coach you know we have all these ideas of everything that we're going to do ourselves and we're going to change it and then we quickly realize i think that it's not that easy and that things were kind of done for a reason so I'm curious with that, what's a coaching idea or theory that you had early, maybe when you were the JV coach at Queens, that now you've changed over time and implemented with your teams now? 
wow, you know, I've been doing this for a while. So I think about everything that I thought back then has changed. Uh, you know, I, I think when I was, uh, when I was a young coach, um, you know, control of the game was something that I thought that, uh, you know, was really important. A lot of sets, a lot of, uh, you know, box sets and, you know, different alignments and, you know, uh, you know, tricky, tricky stuff. Um, and I think as I, as I've grown and as basketball has evolved, I'd rather have some tricky players than tricky plays at this point. So, you know, obviously we all want, uh, you know, sets when we need them, but, uh, I, I think back then, you know, I think my first time at first year as a head coach, I was looking at this recently and I had a playbook that was, that was like that thick. And I look at those now and I remember thinking how good our playbook was. And I look at it now, I'm like, wow, that, that must have been terrible to play under. So, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of things have changed. Well, and the game has changed where it used to be a lot of plays and now it's teaching them how to play the game. So I'm curious with that, with your team taking over a new team, what's one of the first teaching aspects that you go through with your guys to get them to understand how you want them to play? Well, I think for me, pace is everything. Uh, the pace of practice, the pace of our play, you know, we play fast and, you know, a lot of people say they're going to play fast. Um, but whether it's my own um, uh, inability to, to, to go slower, um, I'm not very good at slowing down or um, just this is the way I've always kind of gone about things. But uh, the pace is something that's uh, new to all our players and our staff. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a little impatient, um, and I want to get thing to thing to thing to thing. And, um, you know, we, we go very fast with everything that we do. So I think, you know, it's not really a, you know, an X and O thing, but it's pace, you know, it's the pace of how we play and how we move the ball and how we run and how we get to the next thing. And everything we do is fast. That was intriguing to me. The first thing you said was pace and practice. So, I, I, like you, are impatient, and I like to get from thing to thing. So are you a clock person in practice? How are you managing that pace within practice to keep it moving? Yeah, you know, uh, I, I I do use the clock. Uh, I'm not as good as a lot of coaches where, you know, a five-minute segment is always up on the clock. Um, but I know myself at this point, so I know there are certain things that we do, certain drills that I can get stuck on, uh, and, and I will try – try to really uh, make sure that those drills are on the clock. Like we do some, we do some three on three where, you know, we put them in different things. A lot of times it's three on three closeouts. Um, but when you shoot it, every, everything's an offensive rebound. You, you know, everybody's done this before. Whoever scores is out. Well, I tend to get pissed off in that drill and, and keep them in there way too long and get stuck. So I make sure drills like that plus it's a it's a tough drill and you could get them hurt and, you know it's it's uh it's not a drill that needs to go past you know five minutes four or five minutes if they go hard and you know we're getting a lot of reps so um but i know myself at this point so i, I do try to make sure those drills that i know are drills that i personally can get stuck in have a time limit yeah having, for me not them <laughs> yeah having that self-recognition is important and it's helpful for them too because Mentally, they get bogged down. It's like, man, coach has it still going in this. And oftentimes those drills, like a box out drill, for example, is, is one that I'm guilty of, right? Is yeah. drills they don't like. Yes. Yeah. You, Which you, is why you want 
Maximum effort. You said earlier, rather than having tricky plays, you'd rather have tricky players. And I really like that because you can't coach what you don't have. You have to have people who know how to play. So when you're recruiting, if you are in the living room of a prospective student athlete and you can only ask them one question and one question only, what is the one question that you're going to be asking your potential student athletes? As many listeners know, I spent over six years as a general manager at Just the Game Fieldhouse in Wisconsin Dells. I was able to spend time talking hoops with coaches like Tom Izzo, along with high school and youth coaches, in addition to meeting some basketball legends, including my childhood favorite, Sam Elke, who is in the WBCA Hall of Fame and High School Basketball Museum, located at Just the Game Fieldhouse, which is a must-visit for any true hoop nerd. They also play host to the WBCA All-Star Games and Coaches Clinic every year. Just a Game hosts over 70 basketball and volleyball tournaments annually and is a great place to play for teams of all ages and ability levels. You can't beat all Wisconsin Dells has to offer in your free time. The Fieldhouse also has two sister companies in Just a Game Impressions and Just a Game Live. Just a Game Impressions specializes in customized screen printing and embroidery and promotional products. They serve businesses, schools, sports teams, and more. Just a Game Live takes pride in providing affordable and simple live streaming solutions for venues or programs of all kinds. Inquire today for more information. For more info on everything Just a Game has to offer, check them out at justagamefieldhouse.com. Sideline Interactive delivers digital and LED scoring tables and video boards that generate excitement in your gym and the ultimate game day experience for your players and fans. We provide you the blueprint and the game plan to generate $10,000 or more in sponsorship revenue every year. 95% of our schools generate enough advertising dollars during the first school year to pay for their purchase. Any school or college can qualify for no fee, no interest financing over two school years. We're ready and able to deliver your order to you within three to four weeks. The tables and boards can be used for any indoor sport, as well as watching game films, school assemblies, signing days, or any other event that is held in your gym. Visit sidelineinteractive.com or call 832-786-0302 to schedule a 15 to 30 minute live web demo to see our tables and boards in action and what these fantastic products can do for you. Or email sales at sidelineinteractive.com. A link to sidelineinteractive.com is in the show notes for today's episode. Wow, one question. I would say it's probably about their family. Uh, I think that's Tell, tell me, and it's an open-ended question, tell me about your family, because I can learn so much from that answer. You know, I can learn how much they respect their parents. <laughs> I can learn, you know, they love their siblings. Uh, you know, do they come from a, you know, tough background? Do they, you know, is it close-knit? Uh, you know, what's their <laughs> birth order? Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of things that uh, that you can learn from that from that one question. So if I had one, it would just be the open-ended, Hey, Hey, uh, you know, Marcus, tell me about your family. So then how does the family answer for them incorporate into what you want as a player with Milwaukee? Well, first of all, I learned a long time ago that if you can't respect your mother or your father, uh, whoever's in the house, you're going to have a tough time taking direction from me. You know, you don't you don't really change uh, people, uh, I don't believe. And uh, so so I want guys who um, are here for the right reasons. They want to get better. They want to they want to do things the right way. And and I do think whether it's a kid from um, a single mother or a kid who's got 
seven siblings and they they all live together and you know in a nuclear family you you can tell um from the the way they interact with the people closest to them because you know what are we trying to build here you know we can say we're building a team but we well we spend more time together than you know most families so uh i've got to live with this um player for for hopefully the next four or five years uh and i want to know you know kind of what what i'm getting into what i'm getting my players into what i'm getting you know my staff into um so that's 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 you know anybody can evaluate their jump shot but you know, what are the intangibles that go along with this individual awesome all right i want to switch gears a little bit and talk about how you've gotten to where you are so mentors are an important part of helping us learn because ultimately we don't know everything we have to go through some growing pain so i'm curious if you can share with me a mentor that you've had in your life and a lesson that you learn from them that you continually use on a regular basis well you know i think uh the one that people wouldn't be most intrigued with in this area would be buzz williams uh you know uh i'm actually uh just sent buzz a 50th birthday message for his 50th birthday party uh my wife and i were um we're on our wedding anniversary and we were out in california actually got away for fire cells for a day which was amazing uh so we got to do it in napa uh in the in the vineyard but buzz uh you know at a time in my life when um that i needed someone uh to give me a job uh and i had been a head coach from a very young age um buzz uh kind of showed me as I worked for him for three years at Marquette and he kind of showed me a different side of being a head coach that I don't think that I grasp uh, fully. And uh, man, the lessons that, that I learned from him, um, you know, I think I learned how far can you, can you push players uh, to make them great? Yeah. You know, Jimmy Butler is a special, special human being, but uh, without Buzz Williams, I don't know that Jimmy Butler is Jimmy Butler uh, today. Uh, and so I think that was one thing, the organization of the program, how he dealt with uh, media, alumni, fans, uh, how he protected the program and protected his message. And he controlled the narrative around his program. Uh, there were just so many things o outside of X's and O's and, and you know, just ball. Um, there were so many things that I learned during that time. Can we dive into protecting your program a little bit? Because I'm curious about that, because that, that seems like a, a broad statement and it could be a lot of things. Could you elaborate on that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I think uh, when I was when I was uh, I was a head division one coach at 31 and uh, the, the basketball part, I was fine. The part that I struggled with was uh, getting out of my office you know, being, being involved with, uh, the alumni, the, the, the boosters, the social media was just, you know, starting to, to come around. You had the message boards and I had no idea that, you know, what's coming out of your program. You have to, you have to kind of control that narrative and you have to be able to, um, you know, explain to people what your purpose is and make them believe in, in what you're doing with your program. Uh, I, I thought, hey, I'm I'm a I'm a ball coach. I'm just gonna, you know, lace them up, and you know, we go out and put a good product on the floor. Uh, you know, that's gonna be enough. But in you know, especially today's coaching world, that's not enough. 
you've got to do more. You've got to, you've got to make people believe in what your purpose is and how you run your program is not just, uh, what happens, you know, in the, in the 40 minutes during the game. Uh, and Buzz is, Buzz is a master of that. Yeah, absolutely. And he did some great things. I'll just throw out Buzz's bunch was a thing that I know he, he continues to do at Texas A&M now. So if you haven't yeah. followed him, he does some cool things. And shout out to my guy, Vince Walden, who's at Texas A&M with Buzz right now, too. So check out a yeah, Vince is awesome. Yeah, I love yeah. Vince. All right. So when I come to my Milwaukee Panther game this year, because I'll make it to at least one, if not two. And anybody else listening, what are they going to see on the floor when they come to watch the Panthers play this year? Well, they're going to see some hard playing dudes and they're going to see some gritty, um, you know, we, we muck the game up. They're not going to see really pretty basketball. Uh, you know, we, we, we do muck it up. We, uh, you know, we make people uncomfortable. Uh, we do play fast. Uh, we do everything fast. Um, and, and, but fast and organized. Um, and, and, but I think the biggest thing you'll come away with is, wow, those guys are gritty. Uh, they get after you. Um, you know, there's no give, there's no, um, you know, there's no, there's no stop of the pace, you know, it's, it's, we're pushing it, make or miss, um, you know, we're making you a little uncomfortable when you try to bring the ball up the court. Uh, so, you know, it's a fun style to watch. Uh, it's an exciting 40 minutes. Uh, you know, hopefully we're, we're good enough to win a game or two and, uh, but you know, we, you're definitely going to see grit. All right. I love that. All right. I'm going to get you out of here on non-basketball related question. So use your imagination a bit for me. If you open a refrigerator and you look inside of it, what one item inside of that refrigerator best identifies with who you are as a person and why? Wow. Well, it's a good answer for uh, Wisconsin because I would say milk. <laughs> milk because... Uh, First of all, I love milk, but second, I love coffee. I love to make my coffee in the morning. If there's no milk or cream in the in the refrigerator, I'm not a really happy person. And I don't know that I really, uh, this is bad to say, um, you know, I, I spent three months up here without my, uh, without my family, uh, basically living in the dorms, uh, trying to put this team together. Uh, a lot of days there was only milk in that refrigerator. <laughs> Every other meal was eaten somewhere else. So uh, there's definitely got to be some milk. All right. I love it, Coach. Thanks for coming on the Hoop Nerds and sharing. And we look forward to following Panther basketball this season. Thanks, Bill. Thanks for having me.